Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Akun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And today I'm joined by a special co-host from Football Garbage Time. That's Scott King. How are you doing, Scott? I'm doing great. How are you? Not too bad. For those who don't know, Scott is the godfather of the Football Garbage Time. He actually ran our spiritual predecessor, the Fox Sports-affiliated Football Extra Points. How long has it been since you've heard that name, Scott? Uh, it's been a while. I still get reminded of it every once in a while, though. <laughs> it's a, and it was a great site, everybody. If you're interested in seeing some of the great work that was done on that site, we actually have an archive of some of those articles uh, on Football Garbage Time, so check that out. Despite the fact that we wouldn't be here without Scott, so it's great having him on here as my co-host on today's show. And we also have a special guest today. And uh, let me just hang on here for a second because special guest. We actually have some... Uh, special music for you because uh, you know since you're like actually a, a, a no longer are you a, a guest you're actually a regular there we go you have some special theme music here <laughs> for our special guest from the burgundy gold report it's adam and eva hey adam how you doing hey how's it going guys all right not too bad how do you like your theme music <laughs> it's, like, it's like I'm playing like a, a video game back in the day on Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I figured, you know, it's exciting. We're exciting. We might as well make it to get some exciting background music, remind everybody no of a little bit of Nintendo. It's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. And Adam, always great to have on the show. Uh, and I figured, you know, this time around, since I think this is the third time you've been on the show this season now, Adam. So I felt like we owe yeah. you some, some theme music now. So, uh Consider yourself a regular. Pretty soon, I'm just gonna put you right onto the front of the of the podcast. Uh, so, sure. hey guys, I guys gotta ask you this question. This is totally unrelated to football, but uh, do either of you guys, Scott or Adam, have a Disney Plus? No. No, Scott. Nah, What's my that? kids aren't huge Disney kids. Yeah, yeah, not Scott. You do you got Disney Plus yet? The, the Disney streaming service. Yes, I actually just signed up for it yesterday. All right. See, there's there's the guy. This is why I like Scott so much, because we have so much in common. I also signed up for it. I actually signed up for three years of it. That's how excited I was wow. about it. Uh, yeah, so I'm a little bit of a Star Wars guy, and there is a show on there. That's, that's the one thing I want to see. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's pretty freaking cool. And this is like, spoiler alert, I'm not going to tell you anything about the show itself so you can watch it yourself. But you probably saw across social media pictures of Baby Yoda. Have you seen this? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's awesome. Super, super cute. Let me tell you, the show is amazing because of that. They should rename it Baby Yoda starting starring the Mandalorian. <laughs> That's what it should be. It is amazing. So I, I'm done now promoing um, uh, Disney because they got plenty of people at ESPN doing that. But I just had to ask you guys because, like, literally, it's been everything I've been thinking about over the last couple weeks. Probably because my Bears are totally out of contention, so I have nothing to watch or root for except for my <laughs> fantasy team. <laughs> but anyway, we got lots. Yeah, we got lots to cover today. We have our updated top five power rankings after week 12. We have our predictions for the AFC and NFC Conference Championship game. We have uh, some NFL 2020 draft targets for the Washington Redskins. Uh, and we have some fantasy football advice for the playoffs. So, with that said, let's get this rolling. 
Hey, all right. So let's get to those power rankings, shall we? We're after week 12 now. We're getting into the home stretch. It's getting really tight, and things have really shook up over this season. So let's start with you, Adam. Why don't you give us your top five power rankings right now? And we'll get back to why next, but let's give us give us the full list first, and let's figure out where you are. Sure, definitely. It was a shakeup since last time we talked. Um, but yeah. you know, I have Baltimore Ravens in number one. Um, I have uh, San Francisco. They, they, they sustained. Um, you know, I didn't think they would, but they're doing it. Uh, so mm-hmm. I have San Francisco at number two. Uh, I have the Patriots at number three. Uh, the Saints, you know, pretty much staying strong as, you know, the four spot. And uh, I have Seattle jumping to the five spot. So, uh, yeah, definitely a big shakeup from last time we talked. Oh, yeah, big, big time. Very different from just, I think, three weeks ago when we last spoke. So, Scott, let me get your top, top, top five power rankings. You haven't given us an insight as to what you think this year. So what do you think? Where are we stand right now? Yeah, they're they're very similar, just a little bit different order. Um, I've got the Ravens on top, um, New England at number two, San Francisco coming in at three, uh, Seattle uh, at four, and then New Orleans there at five. So same, same right. teams, different order. Yeah, so it's, I'm, we're going to be super boring because my list looks exactly like Adam's list. I got the Ravens, 49ers, Patriots, Saints, and Seahawks. You know, and it was uh-huh. tough, though, because that fifth place, I just feel like the Seahawks are just that more, just a little bit more impressive than some of those other guys. Yeah. I'll just ask you this. If there was a number six, if I had asked you for six, who would that be, Adam? Uh, that, that That's a tough one. Um, yeah, that's probably the hardest hmm. question we have here. I don't know. I just feel like these five are, are running away with it, and you could pretty much name, you know, five, five or more teams in number six. I think these guys, like you said, would just switch order, but I think – from here on out, these are the top five we're going to see going forward. Right, right. I totally agree with that. But, Scott, what are your thoughts? If I asked you for a six, who would that be? Any thoughts? Yeah, the, the first team out for me is uh, the Vikings. I, I think yeah. they're, you know, they had some, some early struggles but uh, have come on pretty strong lately. And, and really, except for that one close loss at Kansas City, uh, they've been rolling for, for quite a while. So they they were the first one out for me. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. I have them edging out the Packers and the Chiefs just barely. But they can be pretty much interchangeable, and it's only because the Packers got so decimated, which, by the way, right. being a Bears fan, I was excited to see. But they got <laughs> decimated by those 49ers. I mean, yeah. they were just really impressive. So let me, um, let me ask yeah. you uh, first, Scott, because you are out of position compared to where we are. We have the same team, so no real arguments there. But let's talk about those 49ers because – you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch over to Adam to get his thoughts. I think his thoughts are going to be in line with what I think about the 49ers. You have the Patriots in front of them still. So why is that? Yeah, you know, it's. Um, I was on Twitter a little bit talking about this game after Sunday with the Patriots taking down the Cowboys. And I think I've just seen it for too long like the rest of us. The, the Patriots just find ways to win. Yeah. Uh, Brady's throwing the guys we've never heard of. They're, <laughs> you know, he's getting too old. Uh, they don't have enough offensive weapons and they're sitting there at 10 and one and they just continue to win and continue to find ways to win. So really, I mean, I'm not a Patriots fan, even though sometimes I come across a little bit of one online, but uh, you know, they they just continue to do it. And with whatever they trot out there, they're, they're winning. So I have to give them props until, until they fall apart. Yeah. So I, I will, of course say that they have an absolutely dominant defense, although the Ravens did manage to manhandle that defense, and we see now them exposed for what they might not be able to contain. Uh, That is a very mobile quarterback and a very strong running game. But that being said, I actually give more credit 
to the fact that uh, to the way I get more credit to Jason Garrett for losing the game than I do to uh, the Patriots and Milchek winning that game because of the fact that how do you not go for it on fourth and seven in essentially the red zone with five minutes left in the fourth quarter when you're down by six, you just, you don't kick a field goal in that situation. It doesn't really help you. Right. I don't understand that at all. But that being said, let's switch over to you there, uh, Adam. And Emily ask you, you have the 49ers ahead. I'm thinking the same thing. Um, obviously it is still a close call for me, but why do you think the 49ers deserve to be number two? Well, last time we talked, you know, my, I had them, I think, I believe I was like number four. I said, I just right. question if they could sustain this, you know, with, with this defense and the running attack. Well, the last game they absolutely dominated, but between it was it three ball carriers that only had 112 yards, Jimmy G just took over. So yeah. he's actually getting. You know, I'm giving him you know more credit what he did. I think that's a legitimate uh, Green Bay defense that he shredded. And again, their defense to me, that's just a defense that's going to keep them in every game. I just mm-hmm. as far as the NFC goes, you know, he mentioned uh, the Vikings. I just don't think anyone can man up right now with San Francisco. I think they're going to be tough to deal with in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. The Saints, the Saints in Seattle, I think going against them, I think San Francisco has better matchups. So for me, you know, a 10 and one right now, I'd really be surprised if, uh, you know, they're at least at the minimum, not in the NFC championship. Right. Right. So let me like flip down to the bottom of the top five list. Cause I have the same thoughts on the 49ers. I do think that Debo Samuel looks like he's legit and I think that yeah, if George oh yeah. Kittle can play through his foot injury, uh, they'll be fine. I, I do have some questions as to what happens if George Kittle is not on the field. I think yeah. there are going to be some issues there. Um, he is definitely their right. primary weapon, uh, Garoppolo's primary weapon in the passing game. And right. I, I wonder if there's anybody else who could step up. But Debo Samuel does look legit at this point. Scott, let me turn to you for a second. You flipped the Seattle Seahawks and the New Orleans Saints at the four and five position. Both Adam and I have the Saints at four, the Seahawks at five. You have them switched. Uh, why is it? Why do you have the Seattle Seahawks ahead of the Saints? Yeah, for me, uh, since Breeze has come back, they've, they've been still trying to get their legs under them. They're down in New Orleans, I mean, they, they needed a gift by the Panthers kicker to win at home against right. Kyle Allen. So, you know, it was kind of a miracle finish there, but – at the end, you know, if that kick's made, I don't know that the Saints come back and go. And, and it's, you know, it's Russell Wilson, it's Carson, it's P.K. Uh, Metcalf. It's this offense, and Seattle is doing a great job. And I just think uh, right now what I see Wilson doing and the fact that he's been in there all season, I just trust him a little bit more. And, you know, we could be looking at a Saints loss here if that uh, Panthers kicker hits that 20, 28-yard kick there at the end they might be having another loss on their record. Yeah, and very true. Uh, honestly, uh, the the Carolina Panthers came within a heartbeat of winning that game is crazy. But, you know, the Panthers are basically as Christian McCaffrey goes. So, I mean, he's a one-man wrecking machine. So, um, you know, I, I don't doubt that, that, that the Panthers can surprise in any given Sunday if uh, Allen doesn't uh, turn the ball over six times, which he has a tendency to do sometimes. So, 
that I, I I agree that definitely it was a big test for the Saints. But I just think the Saints have so much depth. I think and I think Adam, you and I talked about this last time when we had talked about the Saints that they had so much depth that you know even without Drew Brees, they're winning with Teddy Bridgewater, and even without Alvin Kamara, they're winning with Latavius Murray. And it's like they can just the next man up, next man up, and it's just something that I think is uh, going to really serve them well as they go deeper into the season. All right, well that's all the time we got for the power rankings because I'm sure it's going to have a massive moves again after week 13 because every week has been a big surprise here but let's move on to our next topic and that is going to be the AFC Conference Championship and NFC Conference Championship predictions from us we're getting to that point where we can actually make some logical predictions now not those way too early ones we made at the beginning of the season so let's start with you uh, Scott let's talk about the AFC Conference Championship who do you have in that championship and who do you have winning that so I've got um, kind of a boring pick here, but I'm going to go New England and Baltimore. I think they're they're clearly the top two teams up there in the AFC. The rest of that AFC has plenty of holes to deal with. Houston, Kansas City, uh, Buffalo. I mean, these, these teams have major weaknesses that have to be overcome. And I think it's going to be New England and Baltimore coming to the top. I don't see and you Belichick think- getting beat. Sorry, yep. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, you're going to say you don't see Belichick. I'm, I'm assuming, I'm trying to get, I'm almost guessing what you're going to say next, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you got it. So I don't see Belichick losing twice in the same season. I think uh, he learned a lot from that, ga- that game. And, you know, he's seen mobile quarterbacks before, so he's, he's probably uh, penciling out some different ideas. And I think, you know, like I said earlier, until I see the Patriots lose, I'm going to stick with them and, and I think they're going to find a way to to pull it off. They'll probably be at home, which is going to be an issue. Weather will probably be an issue. And, you know, I just think um, Belichick finds a way, and it'll probably be one of these, like, nine to seven games or something. It won't be a big <laughs> shootout like everyone expects. It'll be, like, a nine to seven or something. But I, I think New England comes out on top. Yeah, so I will say this. I, I do not totally disagree, but I will say this. Lamar Jackson – now is completing 70% of his passes. I mean, 70% of his passes. And he is, t- he is, <laughs> he is also um, the, has the ninth most rushing yards in the NFL. He's the ninth best mm-hmm. rusher. In, I mean, better than most running backs and starting NFL teams right now and completing more passes at a higher percentage rate than any uh, other quarterback in the league right now. So, you know, I, I understand Bill Check is a genius, and I fully expect, I fully agree with that statement that I don't see someone beating Bill Check twice. But I don't know how you scheme for this guy. I just don't, I just don't know. But let me uh, switch it over to you, uh, Adam. What do you have here in the AFC Conference Championship, and who do you have winning? Uh, exactly the same. Uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Pats, and you know, just like the man said, I, I don't, I, I can't bet against uh, the Pats. That right now they're on pace to be statistically the number one defense of all time. And I think we've seen that Brady just gets better and better as it goes. And also, you know, I agree with Lamar Jackson. I, I don't remember the last time I've seen a quarterback throw five touchdowns and it was like, right. what, under 200 yards in the game. See, it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I, I agree 100% with Bill Belichick. You know, to me right now, he's going to go down as one of the best coaches of all time, especially when it comes to scheming. And I don't think that he totally shut down Jackson. But I agree that, you know, we could see them in, in a matchup in, you know, a 13-10 kind of game. So, you know, in the end, if, if uh, as long as Brady's healthy and the defense keeps moving, I think, you know, they're a team to watch. But on the other hand, 
you know, I've been a huge fan of Hollywood Brown coming out of the draft process. And I think mm-hmm. as this, you know, as this season goes on, you're looking at another weapon. So Belichick might get a hand, you know, a handle on the situation. And all of a sudden Lamar Jackson going to start throwing for 300 yards, you know, utilizing Hollywood Brown, you know, on go route. So in the end, I still think the Pats will probably eke it out. Um, but I think it's going to be probably one of the best AFC championships in the last uh, 15, 20 years. So. I'm very much looking forward to that if that ends up being a rematch. So let's switch over to the NFC Conference Championship game. And, uh, Scott, why don't you tell us who you got in the NFC Conference Championship? So um, I've got the two teams that I ranked uh, above New Orleans uh, going there, San Francisco and Seattle, I think. Um, you know, for all the reasons we talked about, San Francisco is a very complete team. Defense is amazing. Uh, running games, game is great. I also like Russell Wilson, obviously, what he's doing, uh, MVP caliber year. And looking at the schedule, I think Seattle's going to end up as a higher seed than San Francisco by the time the season ends. If you look at San Francisco's schedule here coming up, they're going to be playing at Baltimore, at New Orleans, home against Atlanta, who's finally decided to start playing, home against the Rams, and then at Seattle to finish the season. I think there's a couple losses on there which is going to move Seattle up. They're going to host the game, and because of that reason, Seattle is going to go to the Super Bowl hosting the NFC Championship game. Wow. Wow. Okay, well, that's really interesting. Let's go ahead and flip it over here. Adam, who do you got in the NFC Conference Championship, and who do you got winning? I think it's going to be the divisional matchup. I think it's going to be San Francisco going against the Saints, and I think in the end it's going to be pretty high-scoring occasions. You know, I was a little surprised the Saints – you know, last time we talked, uh, their defense that they gave up 31 points to Carolina, but I think they've got the t- the the this type of defense that's going to get better as the year goes on. So I think mm-hmm. Saints San Francisco, and I think we're going to see in the end it's going to be you know the Saints pull it out, Saints against New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I I would be I wouldn't be surprised by that, but let me say this: I would love to see a 49ers Ravens. Super Bowl rematch with two oh, yeah. totally different offenses, yeah. two totally different defenses. That would be just kind of a neat thing to see from my perspective. Right. Um, I would love to Agreed. see that. And and quite frankly, those are the two teams I am just most excited with. I mean, Lamar Me Jackson too. is just – I just love watching the games. I, I was not a Ravens fan before. I'm a, I'm a fan of Lamar Jackson now. It's just, it's just such a fun thing to do is to watch him play. And then the 49ers, what they're doing this year, are completely unexpected. But I always had faith that Garoppolo could put it together, and that defense is pretty dominating. So let's ring the bell on that. Let's move on to our next topic. Uh, so, Adam, you told us last time on the show that you're going into scouting mode for the Redskins, seeing as how the season is essentially over for them. And in doing so, mm-hmm. you've been releasing profiles on the Burgundy and Gold report of potential targets you'd like them to consider in a 2020 NFL draft. So why don't you give us a few of those targets now that you're considering and why? Yeah, I, I'll start with the early round, guys. You know, right now, I think everyone, especially in the NFC East, between the New York Giants and the Redskins, have got their eye on Chase Young from Ohio mm-hmm. State. Um, yep. This kid is just – I think he's he's – an elite rusher. He's a once in a decade kind of player. And I think anybody who's at number two or three is probably going to snatch him up. I see him going number two overall. I think we'll see the Bengals, you know, going for Burrow from uh, LSU. They'll, they'll be going the quarterback. The, the, the decision for Tua, that's going to shake up the draft, the top 10 a lot. Um, yep. So I think Chase Young is the one to watch. Um, for Redskins fans, everyone's going to be able to, you know, agree with this, that Andrew Thomas, the uh, offensive tackle from Georgia, he's definitely somebody we've got our eye on. But 
I think that's more in a trade back scenario because I think he'll still be available around the you know nine ten range. Um, but the one guy that I think all Redskins fans are excited for, you know, considering McLaurin is having a really great year, everyone feels that we need to get a you know a top you know receiver next to him. I think Jerry Judy um, from Alabama has got a lot of uh, the fans excited. And, you know, a name, another name next to Judy that I've really been watching. I really like his game. Is you know, a little bit of an unknown because everyone's looking at the other Bama receivers, but I'm looking at this guy. I, I hope I say the name right, Lavishka Chenault Jr., uh, 6'2", 220 <laughs> receiver from Colorado. Um, mm-hmm. He could be available in the later parts of round one. And if Chase Young is not available uh, to the Redskins, I definitely see a trade-back scenario. So he's someone I'm mm-hmm. looking at. Um, and to round out, you know, what I'm seeing in the first round, uh, another guy I like is another Ohio State guy is uh, – Jeff Okuda, uh, the shutdown corner from Ohio State. Um, I really like his game. I think, again, if, if, if they trade back into the, you know, six, seven range in first round. Um, but my small school prospect is that that's what I pride myself in the guys. You know, Darius Leonard was a guy in 2018 that I had going early when a lot of the media had him a late round. He went 36 overall. My mm-hmm. guy this year, and I actually had a great interview with him. He was gracious enough to really, you know, take his time out of his day. Uh, is this guy Kyle Duggar? Uh, he's a actually a, a safety from an unknown school, uh, Lenore Ryan University. Uh, it's a small Division two school in North Carolina. And uh, Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl actually went on record stating that he believes he's right now the top small school prospect. Not to just you know gush over him, but just to give you some quick numbers on him, keep in mind he's a punt returner uh, at safety, which we don't see too often, averages 21 yards per return, has six touchdowns in his career there. Uh, we're talking about a 6'2", 220-pound versatile safety, 40 times 4.41, vertical leap of 40 inches, broad jump of 10-11, arm length wow. 33-1-8 inches. He's right now. He's going to round out his career, and we still have a season to go. Two hundred thirty-seven tackles, ten interceptions, six forced fumbles, and a couple picks for touchdowns. This is the kind of kid that I have him pairing with Landon Collins. Is somebody that they, is interchangeable. That four-four-one speed. You can move him around to a hybrid mm-hmm. linebacker, switch the safety coverage. He's really. He's a kid that I'm. Again, I sat down with him. He's a really humble kid. Uh, the question that I've got from a lot of readers, if he's so good, why is he at, you know, a Division two small school? Simple answer. Uh, in high school, as a senior, he was only 5'11", 170, but this kid was doing reverse tomahawk dunks. He was all about wow. basketball, didn't really commit to football uh, until late in his junior year, and then his senior year was when he started, you know, he, he got a starting job, and everybody knows at that point, you know, scouts are pretty much made up their mind with scholarship offers, so he was just the typical definition of a late bloomer. But, yeah, keep a lot, keep an eye on uh, Kyle Duggar. Uh, everybody in the media right now, especially we're talking about Seattle, their scout really has fallen in love with him and has him as a top 100 prospect. So if he can blow it away at the senior bowl and get an invite to the combine, I could see this guy going late second round, early third round. So Kyle Duggar, keep an eye on this kid. Wow. Okay. Well, that's some great, great insight there on a, on a, couple, on a prospect that I don't know if everyone is paying enough attention to. So thanks for bringing that up. I think that's something that's really going to be uh, really interesting as we get closer to the NFL draft. Scott, any thoughts on uh, draft targets or any of the ones he mentioned? I know you watch college football as well, because we always go back and forth on this on Saturdays. And I know you get a little bit sports book going as well there. So any thoughts on any of those guys? Yeah. So as a, as a Buckeyes, I have to just, 
say Chase Young is is amazing, oh, yeah. and uh, I think he's going to be the next next Buckeye to come out and just just change the game. We've been talking about the Bosa brothers and what they've done, uh-huh. and uh, anybody that can land land him is just going to change the the face of their defense right away, day one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, no doubt about that. Absolutely. No doubt about that. Um, and it's a very exciting, um, I think it's a pretty exciting first round class here. And uh, I'm going to be really excited as we turn the corner because all of our teams are out of it. The bears, the lions, yeah. the Redskins. <laughs> uh, it's almost yeah. kind of comical yeah. the rest of the season. I've adopted the Ravens as my team for the rest of the season. At least I have something to root <laughs> for now. All right, guys, let's move on to the last topic of the day. We're going to go on to some fantasy football advice. The fantasy football playoffs are right around the corner in weeks 14 through week 17, depending on your league of the regular season. So if you're looking to shore up your lineup for the postseason, first of all, congrats on making your fantasy football playoffs. And secondly, what are you waiting for? It's time to do it now. Perhaps you're waiting for some advice from us. And since we love our listeners, here's some advice that we have regarding quarterbacks owned in less than 50% of standard Yahoo leagues that you might want to target for your stretch run. So, uh, Scott, let me start with you. What are your thoughts on fantasy football quarterbacks owned in less than 50% of standard Yahoo leagues that you might target for the playoff stretch? Yes, I think the top of the list for me is somebody that fell off the radar really early because of some health issues, and that's Sam Darnold. You know, he Mm -hmm. came in the league. Uh, with a lot of high expectations this year. He's going to follow it up even more, had his struggles. But if you look at across his last three games, he's over 20 points his last three games, put up huge numbers against Oakland. And his next two weeks are at Cincinnati, who's a dumpster fire, at Miami, who's trying, uh, and then at Baltimore, which obviously is a difficult run. But if you need to get through your first couple of rounds of the playoffs, I think Sam Darnold is right there at the top of the list and, and really doing a great job. Um, overcoming some diversity. And then the mm-hmm. second guy I look at um, is somebody who fell completely off the radar, actually disappeared from the team for a while, and that's Ryan Tannehill. Uh, mm-hmm. The Titans are a team that has talent on defense, amazing running game, obviously, with Henry, but just never could put anything together. But if you look uh, at Tannehill's numbers, he's 32, 18, 23, 19, 19. I mean, these are really solid numbers. And the next couple of weeks, he's looking at uh, Indy, Oakland, Houston, which is quarterback friendly, New Orleans, probably a shootout. So he's somebody that uh, could carry you definitely far in the playoffs. And then uh, the last guy that I'm targeting uh, in your playoff run is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Again, he's down there in Miami. Yeah, they were, you know, left for dead. He, he was benched. Um, but came back and, you know, Fitzpatrick's filling in right where he needs to be, and, and he always performs well in these kind of underdog situations. They're fighting, but they're they're looking at a decimated Philly team uh, at the Jets, which, you know, the Jets are coming up with their, you know, they've got their challenges at the Giants who are whatever mailing it in. And then if you've got a 16-team, uh, 16-week league, you're looking at uh, against the Bengals at home in Miami for your championship. So, I think yep. any one of those guys, if they're available, you need to snatch them up and, and help you make a run. Yeah, and I and I will also say Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, I mean, I think don't, people don't give him enough credit for being able to do what he does. And the last time he faced the Jets, it was 288 yards and three touchdowns. So, you know what? There is a lot of upside there, Giants, Bengals. 
if you actually play in week 17, there are a few leagues like that. There's the Patriots. I probably wouldn't play, play, him, play him there. But that being said, the Dolphins are going to be behind, and, uh, and Fitzmagic's going to be slinging it. All right. What do you have, Adam? I know you probably – probably some of those were on your list as well. But, Adam, do you have any of those uh, quarterbacks less than 50% owned that you would want to target for the uh, fantasy playoffs? Uh, no, right now, honestly, you know, he kind of stole my thunder exactly with Darnold. Um, I was actually, <laughs> other than those, you know, I was looking at the receivers. Um, his his go-to guy, uh, Robbie Anderson, I think uh, mm-hmm. right now, you know, it's been a little a slow rise for him, but he's got a 15.3 average uh, per reception, 445, three touchdowns. He's yep. somebody that, you know, I would definitely look at. But a guy that I think a lot of people, especially local Maryland DMV people, uh, fans have been waiting to bust out is uh, Carolina Panthers receiver DJ Moore, who had mm-hmm. uh, 126 yards for two touchdowns. I think this is the beginning um, of him really breaking out. Um, he also had a run for eight yards. I think this is a guy that uh, next to McCaffrey that they'll be able to, you know, use as kind of a Swiss Army knife, and we're going to see, you know, more high-impact plays with him in the run game and pass game. So those are my two main guys right now. Because, like you said, kind of stole my thunder with those other guys, but uh, these are the <laughs> two guys I'm looking at receiver. Well, let me just say – so I'll say this. There's one guy, one quarterback – owned in less than 50% of, uh, of leagues that I like, and, and I may be crazy, but Daniel Jones of the, uh, of the New York football giants. In week 14, 15, 16, and 17, he faces the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Redskins, and then the Eagles again. Um, I, you know, I'm just saying he's not great, right? We all know there are some shortcomings there, but he can put up some big numbers and uh, and he's starting to round into form a little bit. I mean, I think that at, at times you see some of the problems and you see some of the good and the bad. He's only had one game in which he didn't uh, throw for a touchdown, and that was against the uh, against the uh, Dallas Cowboys. But you know, I mean, I, I think generally speaking, this is this, he's going to be good, and I think he's going to have some some significant upside if you decide to pick him up. And he's very easily available all across the board. So that's what we got. For as far as fantasy football advice, hopefully some of those are going to help you in your stretch run going into the fantasy playoffs. So, geez, look at that. All that's all the time we have today. So let's go ahead and hit the air horn on the show. It's always so quick. It always goes so fast. Thanks again, Adam, for joining us on the show. It's always awesome, and we get some great insight every time, particularly on those draft uh, draft capital and, and people that people should be targeting. In the draft, everyone should check out the Burgundy and Gold Report. Is there anything you'd like to promo regarding the Burgundy and Gold Report, uh, Adam, before we leave? Uh, no, just like you said, you know, I'll be kicking out those uh, prospect evaluations. You know, I've got a, you know, a couple, a couple feelers emails out to some prospects. So hopefully, you know, they'll be kind like Kyle Duggar to give me, you know, a little bit of their time. But um, mostly, uh, like I said, I like to focus on small school prospects. You know, some guys, uh, day three guys are coming out. And you can check all my stuff out, my podcast appearances at uh, burgundyandgoldreport.wordpress.com. I was actually just in a pod last night. We're uh, doing a Sean Taylor uh, tribute, uh, the nice. HTR. I think it's a Hail to the Washington Redskins podcast. That'll be dropping tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, you can find all my stuff at burgundyandgoldreport.wordpress.com. Follow me at, at the BNG Report on Twitter. Always a all pleasure, right, man. Well, HTPR. Yeah, so there we go. A little light applause there for you because of all the hard work that you do, Adam, in order to get the information that you do. And uh, Scott, thanks again for jumping on and being my co host and taking the place of Ryan, who normally is here. And of course, the fact that uh, all of you've done for the Football Garbage Time uh, website and for the podcast. So, hey, 
Give us your social media so people can follow you. Everyone definitely follows Scott. He has a lot to say over the weekend, let me tell you. And not all of it is non-controversial. So, Scott, give us your social media. Sure. You can uh, follow me at, at NFL Fantasy underscore more. Um, really enjoyed it tonight. I always love jumping on. Um, try to get on as much as I can. But, yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter all the time, and I, I answer questions and uh, give some fantasy advice. But, yeah, I, I'm I'm not very filtered. So if I have something to say, I'll let it, I'll let it known. And <laughs> that the line is an are... understatement. <laughs> no one comes on, so, comes filtered out of here, and Scott definitely is uh, has led the way on that. So you guys hit him up on Twitter so that uh, you can get all that fantasy advice. And thanks again, everyone, for wasting time with us. Be sure to check out thefootballgarbagetime.com for our latest NFL picks, fantasy football waiver advice, and DFS picks each and every week. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week.